zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey. The Outbreak Challenge, outbreakchallenge.com, has become sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code Zombie Run to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, Zombie Run you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Apocalypse Now. Not even an act of God can make this show make any more sense. Right. So what you're saying is, is that this is the Apocalypse Now podcast, and I am uh-huh. Timothy Harvey. Not Dustin. And I'm Curtis. And we are watching the final episode in this second arc of the final season of The Walking Dead as we gear up for the 40,000 spinoff series, because there's 40,000 spinoff series at this point. You know, there's something about nothing happens. The end. Let's move on. (laughs) There's some stuff that happens. The tension of, of seeing a character in a fight scene, which is supposedly life or death, when you know to they're the going to a be in to the, yes. another show mm. that's set after this show. It's not like uh, a Tales of the Walking Dead, which could take place at any time, because that's going to hop all over the timeline, apparently. But, oh, no, we get a fight scene between a character we know gets a spinoff show. That is the antithesis of tension. And oh. it was, oh, my gosh, I have so many things wrong. Look, um, my my uh my level of enjoyment of this show is often dependent on the kind of mood I'm in when I start watching it, and I was in an absolute garbage mood, and that has not improved since watching the show. <laughs> but that having said that, I mean there there were parts that I kind of dug, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, it, it's like so many other Walking Dead episodes. I mean. There's very rarely a Walking Dead episode where we can sit there and say, I loved everything about this episode, or I hated absolutely everything about this episode. There's usually something that we either like or dislike, even at the extremes. And so there were some things here that were... that were. There were some good. There was some good. I would say you take the good, and then you take don't the bad. You, don't you do it. Don't you You take do them it. both, and there you're going to have... Jesus Christ. This episode. A suicide is what you're going to have. <laughs> so let's start 
with um uh, I want uh, let's start with this whole like nine what, hours and one act of God into the future. Yeah, thing that we're doing. We, we open on Lance standing up under what appears to be a bunch of locusts with a dead body at his feet. And it's a long-haired person. So you're supposed to, I think, have some like, ooh, could that possibly be Maggie, even though she's got a spinoff show coming? You're supposed to do that, I think. Then it cuts. I, I super want Maggie's spinoff show to take place way before the zombies, where she's just doing her thing on the farm. <laughs> and, they have, no. and they have farm troubles. No, do you know what the spinoff show is about, Curtis? No, I don't. Apparently, I don't they don't haven't said why, but it is gonna be uh Maggie and Negan and her and better his fucking wife uh and their little infant baby. It just fucking better be fighting their way through New York City for reasons unknown at this knoit in time. Maybe they wanted to spend their honeymoon in Donald Trump's old apartment. Possibly variably. They want to go see a Broadway show. And, you know, considering the cost of those things, if you have tickets, you will fight through the zombie apocalypse to make that show. Yeah. Negan bought these tickets with Lucille. <laughs> and damn it, someone has revived cats and they are going <laughs> to go. Maggie knows that Lance is coming for her, but she doesn't know to what extent because we know that he went and hired the girl. Leah. From Leah from from the soldiers who oh god <laughs> so hey, she's more effective in this episode than the other soldiers were in any of their episodes true those I are mean, terrible soldiers they're so bad they're attacked by walkers even though they're trained on dispatching them and are just like no we heard more about how they were a really amazing effective fighting force than we ever saw in the show right so um, Maggie is preparing. She's she's cl essentially closing up Hilltop. Everybody's been evacuated and find out later she has rigged the whole place with explosives. And she has a heartfelt goodbye with little Herschel. And she takes him to a hidey hole uh, in, uh, in the woods that has Negan and all of the people from the apartment complex that survived in it. And they've been hiding in this hole. Maggie was like, we got to do something for these people. Let's bury them in the desert, in the forest. When we're assuming it's some sort of shelter of some kind, but we don't see anything inside it. I mean, we just get, we just get. Oh, the it's a whisperers. It's a whisperers uh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, that was what, what they said. And, uh, you know, awesome. <laughs> so. So there's some going back and forth about like Herschel's going to stay and and Megan says, I want to come with you, Maggie, and help you. And she's like, no. And he's like, you still Fuck can't that trust conversation. Me. Fuck Why? it. I'm so I'm sick of it. Had enough. You can't go. I can't go. Let's just stay here. Fuck okay. it. <laughs> so that part of the conversation, I agree with you. And we had another one of those conversations. Uh, yeah, we as had well. two of them. And it's like, okay, stop, stop saying that. But I did like the fact that we actually got a a conversation between Maggie and Negan that doesn't remove the elephant in the room. It doesn't absolve Negan of killing Glenn. It's simply Maggie looking at the world she lives in and sees a guy who protected her son when her son needed protecting. And at this particular point, 
she's willing to trust him to do what needs to be done. She's right. not forgiving him. She's not saying it's okay now. She's saying, I believe that you will protect my son and that's good enough for me right now. Right. And I was perfectly happy with that conversation. Yeah. But I agree. Negan and he's eating a small child. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I mean, and that's, that's the one thing you could always see consistent about Negan, no matter how much of a bastard he was to an adult, he always maintained that children were off limits. Yeah. And that was the whole reason he had that connection with Carl was because he could see in Carl, you know, because one of the things that Negan actually loved from his previous life was the fact that he was a coach mm -hmm. and he loved the fact that he, I mean, he, he children for, for all the, the lack of faith he has in humanity. Negan actually thinks kids are great. Yeah. And I've liked every, every time because Jeffrey Dean Morgan does such a good job of, of breaking that bravado that that he has when Negan talks to kids or is around kids you know the act goes away and he is just who he is mm -hmm. and I think that's a better version that's the version that I'm, I'm seeing more and more on the show that I'm liking more and more anyway so Maggie and that guy from the mask and uh Lydia and some random guy with long hair head back to Hilltop the, the Native American kid whose course has a bow. For fuck's sake! Oh, he's he's got target painted all over him right now. Yeah, he's, there's a big arrow that floats above his said head that says "kill here." Yes, <laughs> he's like a he's like a sim <laughs> little arrow on. So they go back to lie in wait at at uh, at Hilltop, and sure enough. Here come a bunch of Commonwealth soldiers and they go into Hilltop and they trip the tripwire and everything explodes. Uh, and the only one to make it out is fucking, fucking, what's her name? Leah. 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 And she, and a stupid random guy stands up and like, we did it. Let's go celebrate with beers. I can't wait. Did I tell you guys my wife is pregnant? Shot right through the brain. He was, he was only two weeks away from retirement. He just started the job two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his funeral was short. So, uh, <laughs> so, so then here comes uh, Leah out of the smoke like she's fucking, fucking Michael Myers or, or, or <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Like she, she is bringing the locusts. <laughs> and, and, and here is uh, Maggie and Lydia. And that the mask pussy, and they are all standing there, and not one of them takes a single shot at this bitch. They're just like, "Oh no, it's Leah. She's the serial killer of this season. We have to run." And so they run away. They run away. It's a very dramatic shot that would be perfectly in place in a Terminator movie. You mentioned horror films, but it's yeah. a Terminator shot. The difference is, is that Leah is not a semi-indestructible cyborg from the future. She's just a lady with a gun. Right. They have fought ladies and men with guns before. Maggie has fought ladies with guns, uh, with knives. Maggie has fought ladies with guns with knives. They all run away. And uh, then later, uh, she sends... Uh, the masked pussy and uh, and Lydia off 
She's so they, gonna take care of this herself. So they can have the second conversation of you don't go, I don't go, fuck it, let's uh, stay here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh and so uh then of course uh Maggie is immediately captured by Leah. And then they have she ties her up instead of killing her immediately because she wants her to know that she's gonna suffer even in death. Uh, by the time I'm done, everyone you love will be dead. Yeah, she and, gets her monologuing and and then you know, then it's I, I am starting to suspect that not only are zombie movies not available in the Walking Dead universe, it's entirely possible that James Bond movies are not available either. Yeah. Because she's possible. gone to supervillain school here. And she clearly learned the the I'm going to tell you all the terrible things that are going to happen to the people as if you don't already know this and you don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's performative. Okay. And it's hardly just the walking dead. We see this all the time. Right. And it's a great dramatic moment for the villain to have their little monologue, but it's always been incredibly stupid. Just kill them and move. On. Exactly. And especially, especially considering that we know, again, this is the second life or death situation Maggie's been in this episode when we know that she has a freaking spinoff. Like, why are you doing this? See, this is a waste of time moment. What what should have happened is when they the, they should have fought and Maggie, they could have even done her little speech while they fought and then Maggie could have even done her little speech while they fought. Cause Maggie has a whole speech about like, you know, is it really, you know, I know exactly how you feel. You know, I've wanted to murder somebody who killed my family before. And, you know, it just eats your soul or whatever the fuck she ends up saying. But you change and move on. And I left my kid with the man who murdered my husband. See, everything could be better. It makes sense. And, you know, this could all happen walking. And, but they don't. They And then they have the fight. And again, we know fucking Maggie is not going to fucking die. It's not and, It's not so important that we know that she's not. It's not. We know Maggie's going to make it. They think that we want to know how Maggie makes it. And I don't care. And then, and then, so Leah even gets the upper hand because everybody is, is watching the show is clutching their pearls. Oh, no, is Maggie going to make it? And then what happens? Daryl comes out of the shadows and shoots her in the brain. How long has Daryl been there? How long has Daryl been there? Also, uh, way to steal the victory. Like, that should have been Maggie's. No, no. Daryl had to do it. Kill. Oh, it's so I, I, this, is, this is a six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yes, it should have been Maggie's kill. And yes, Daryl should have been the one to pull the trigger. And I realize those are contradictory because it's a contradictory thing. This is closure for Daryl's story, too. And I think that it's the the, the issue here is that Leah thinks she's Maggie's arch villain, but she's not. She's just another of the evil people that our people have encountered along the way that they've had to put down. Right. The only actual real emotional connection this character has is to Daryl. Really? And so that's why we got Daryl killing her. But. but he doesn't. There's not a moment of realization. She shot in the back of the head, and that's it. It's just so everything about it is wrong. Every like it could have been just as 
as effective if Maggie had ended her and then walked out and Daryl had been waiting there for her as a backup the whole time, you know, in case she needed it, knowing she wouldn't because it's fucking Maggie. She's got a fucking spinoff coming. Um, and when he walked, she walked out, she was, she could have said it's done. And then he could have registered that and as you know, had his emotion about it and moved on. And I would have been perfectly fine and preferred that, but it's not what we got. So do you have a rebuttal, Curtis? Because I think you said it should have been his kill. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's the one who had the relationship with her. So, and they had all this history and I called it like, months ago that daryl would be the one to shoot her in the fucking head and then and you know you know check the archives folks mm-hmm. i get a win this week hooray good for you buddy yeah that's the only one i got this week i'm sorry you hear that yes um so maggie and and uh and and daryl meet up with aaron and gabriel who have also just had a time uh, they, so, so Daryl has, Daryl and Gabriel and Aaron have been stuck with fucking Lance and his cadre of goons this whole time playing this ridiculous game of cat and mouse where it's like, I know, you know, that I know, you know, that I know, you know, that you are traitors and I know, you know it. And Lance also went to the supervillain school because he, instead of just having the three of them shot to solve the problem and his concerns, because quite frankly, there's nothing, nothing stopping him from killing these three. Yeah. Nothing. Well, except for that when he tries, they they completely dismantle his... And they've got plot armor, but... I mean, from his point of view, the fact that he even just, he doesn't just sit there and go, as soon as you're out where no one else can see you, kill them. But he well, doesn't and the that. funny thing about it is that he's still kind of going along with the, oh, gee, I hope we find the weapons, even though at this point, we know he, he knows who had the weapons. It was fucking Leah. And he's already set her off on it. He's just like holding on to him because he's, you know, doesn't want to have to you know, I don't know. Who knows? So he sends them off with a group of soldiers to kill him. And uh, and of course, uh, Aaron and Gabriel and Daryl just like dismantle these guys. <laughs> and uh, It's also kind of it's another it's another bit of, that exposes the fact that the Commonwealth soldiers are really, really good if they're got guns and can shoot you from a distance. Mm-hmm. But once you get in close, these are not well-trained soldiers. Right. These are these are people who know how to shoot, and they're using automatic weapons, so they don't even have to be that accurate most of the time. Um, and it, it's a real serious flaw in, yeah. in which, and it also seems to be a really illogical flaw because they've been around for as long, and they've survived clearly from the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, you would think that these soldiers would have picked up some more survival skills along the way or had somebody there to train them. Mercer is a competent trained soldier. You'd think he'd train these people better. Well, I think there's a couple of things going on here. 
that you're supposed to infer from the soldiers that are loyal to these certain people. Like, I'm sure that Mercer has his group of guys that are really well trained and are, are, you know, under his command and are going to do what's right because Mercer's a good guy. And I'm sure Governor Lady has a bunch of morally dubious but highly tactical trained guys watching her because uh, we still haven't gotten any indication that she has any fucking clue what's going on. Uh, and but because Lance is so corrupt and so uh, backbiting in the middle, he's got the guys that he's got on his team are not as good because he had to go with the people that he could be like, all right, we're going to go kill a bunch of people in their settlement. And they'd be like, okay, whatever. Like not the most moral upstanding kind of dudes. Right. And so they'd more likely to slack off. Same thing with Sebastian and his stupid little groups of, you know, the ones that are easily enticed are the ones that we're dealing with. Yeah, they see they go through this long screening process so that they can decide who's going to be the psychos who enjoy murder. Mm. And then they put them with the psycho murder group that Lance runs. Unfortunately, they're not very good soldiers and they die like punks. Yeah, they see that thing. <laughs> hilarious. This whole this whole thing where Lance keeps trying to like trick Gabriel and Aaron or like do something to harm them. And both of them are just like, well, okay. Like this is like the seventh or eighth time in the last couple of episodes where Aaron and Gabriel and you know, Daryl is there too. Like Daryl helps, but it's just mainly those two dudes. Just like, well, Lance is putting us through a stupid test again. I guess we're just going to have to knock it out of the park and prove that he does not know to with whom he is fucking. <laughs> it's It's true. It's true. Which is also an interesting failure on Lance's part because we've seen he's very clever. He actually, as much as slimy and unethical and as immoral and just awful as he is, we've seen time and time again that he's been running his own little intelligence unit in the Commonwealth. Yeah. He's got, I mean, and... And part of it, I think, comes out of arrogance. He's convinced he's smarter than everybody else. And that, of right. course, is, is a trap. Typical, he's your typical government guy. He just throws resources at things until he satisfies it, it's gone. But the thing is, his resources are his little white-armored little soldier guys, and they just keep dropping one after the other. God, there's been like 40, 50 of them dead in the last three episodes, something like yeah. that. Someone's going to start noticing. Um, well, and I mean, oh, oh just wait. Let's, let's talk about it. somebody's going to start noticing at the end of this episode. Every time I see Lance, especially in this episode, I'm reminded of Starscream from Transformers. <laughs> yeah, because no, he's he's so this. clearly, you know, he's he's so clearly wants to run everything himself, and he's looking at it and and the okay, the analogy doesn't work very well because you know our governor lady is not Megatron, but. She's barely the Sultan of Agrabah. Like, <laughs> this bitch, I don't know what she's running. Look, the cut is too deep. I can't hang. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was beautiful, Dustin. Um, <laughs> the, well, okay, because we can, that kind of segues, segues us back into 
the Commonwealth, where she actually apparently. Oh, okay. No, let's, well, let's start over. We're there because we had we open the episode with something that I don't think we ever thought we'd really see. Eugene in bed with a woman. That's another woman. This is the like, second woman. This is the whore. second time Eugene is is making well, but he's doing great, buddy. Now he's going to have to explain the weird STD that he got <laughs> from the, the slut that he was banging before. <laughs> I thought she was you. That's the worst. Oh, that's so They've weird. got penicillin. He's going to be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, and they're just like, oh, we're so sweet and in love. And then Max is like, yes, but can we also be revolutionaries? That would be cute too and he's like if you insist <laughs> so they get together uh with connie and a little apple dumpling and they start planning like how they're gonna find out who how high up this level goes of these heists like these disappearances people disappear being disappeared from the commonwealth who knows about it and how high up does it go? And so Max is tasked with seeing if she can find where they got that list of names. There's got to be a file somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to try and find that file. Uh, and so she waits until Governor Lady uh, leaves one night and starts rummaging through files. But before that, they have a conversation where she's like, hey, we have some money left over from this big gala celebration thingy. We should do something good with it, like actually help a family in need. And the governor's like, nah. No. I don't shut I don't up, idiot. Think <laughs> so. I think that's a that's a lovely idea. I appreciate the, the your out-of-the-box thinking, but no. No shit. And it's just it just it, you know, it hit me so much. It's another one of those things like that hit me about like this fucking lady's just a fucking Republican, and she's built she's tried to rebuild society even with student loans. Mm-hmm. Student loans, even, and this place has. Oh my God! Well, you last know. episode we saw that they they have, uh, you know, just as bad of a of a healthcare, healthcare system, system as you know. I mean, the you would think that in the end of the world you wouldn't have to worry about this bullshit, but you'd be wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're still terrified of socialism. Right. It's just for donk. Anyway, so. uh so Max ends up finding the fire, but who finds Max? Sebastian. And he's a little off his gourd and, and like makes an awkward pass at her and is mad because his, Miss my mom mad at me. Well, she can't be mad at me because I'm mad at her. You just tell her, tell her I'm mad at her. I'll, I'll try and schedule an appointment for you. And that just sets him off. He's like, yeah, schedule an appointment for her son. And uh, then, he you know, if he was my son, too, I'd make him schedule an appointment. Yeah. Actually, if he was my son, too, I'd drown him in the river. But yeah, you know. I'd like at least a lobotomy at the very staircase. Oh, it's a staircase. He's make it look like an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 that I'm saying. Or am I? Maybe he'll be maybe he'll be chilly for the gala. They'll make him into chili. Maybe. Ooh, there we go. So um Soylent Green is people. Anyway. Right. <laughs> so he makes this whole big deal about like touching the file she's got, 
like he's going to figure out what it is. And he even looks at it, but he's, I don't think he sees what it is. He leaves and she takes the file to Connie and Eugene, where they discover that not only are the, the names on the list in this file, but like 200 more people are in this file. And so it's like, this is like a huge thing that's going on. People are being disappeared out of this community. And, uh, you know, they still don't know why, but it's, it's like... It's undesirables list. Yeah. So sassy, sassy folks get on the list. So they decide they're going to do like a zine about it. Ezekiel uh, shows up and he's going to use his underground network of veterinarians to get the zine out. And uh, everybody's super stoked. Except for Governor Lady the next morning when she when she finds several hundred copies of the thing on her doorstep. And it basically says, hey, the Governor Lady's doing bad stuff. And now, this she's whole, pissed. This whole sequence actually has one thing that I really, really like. Actually, none of, none of this is necessarily bad. I liked all of this little yeah. section. But I did, I did actually really like the fact that there's some consideration of once we bring down the government, what do we do next? Right. And this is something that you don't actually see a lot in the, we must overthrow the the oppressors, whatever it is. And there's a fine line. You don't want to end up like, you know, the Lucas prequels where it's like, and now let's take time to discuss how we're going to structure the government. That, that's <laughs> not important. But the fact that you have the conversation because it's like, okay, once you bring down the bad guys and they're running everything how do you make sure you haven't just destroyed the fabric of the society you've built in a way you can't rebuild it right and that's i mean i like the fact they're actually going okay well and again this is one of those things where I, they did not know with whom they are fucking because it's like they were so greedy about getting the best and brightest out of our guys and enticed them to come to the capital of the Commonwealth. And now what's happening? They're destroying it from the inside because they're the best and brightest. And they've run you've got a decent number of people who have run settlements and and little townships before there's they're not going to be left without folks who know how to organize mm -hmm. and to restructure so i mean the person one of the people their best people to do that of course is going to go off with negan to new york but whatever right mm -hmm. so uh and that's kind of where it ends except the whole like where the rebellion is rising in the Commonwealth Center is juxtaposed against Lance becoming a full blown Nazi out at uh, at at Alexandria and and Hilltop and Oceanside mm -hmm. because the very last the very last shot is him gathering up all the Oceansiders in a big group and then flipping a coin as in to say, am I going to kill you or am I going to keep you? Yeah, apparently he likes DC Comics because he's leaning into the Two-Face thing. Well, oh in, in fairness, he's he's got that public, I'm the friend of everyone. Hi, folks. I'm here to help. Um, and then, of course, he's a murderous sociopath on the other side. So 
where do they where in the where do they get the what's okay, the logistics of making giant banners? Yeah. What? Is there like some lady <laughs> in the Commonwealth? Yeah. All right. We need another giant, you know, They've fascist a, banner, guys. And paint that shit. That's that's all screen printed or whatever. And where they got that equipment, I do not FedEx, know. FedEx Kinko still exists in this universe, apparently. And they went down there and they said, hey, I need this by Tuesday. And uh, you make know. me a flag for my new country. We are not being subtle here with our color scheme because it's a very evocative color scheme. And it's a, you listen to the music and you listen to the imagery, you see the imagery and you see the color scheme of the banners. And it's very much a, I'm setting up my little fascist. Yeah. He's become a warlord. And, you know, he's got his own little fiefdom. And we knew that he wanted one, but the question becomes, how is this, how is he going to move against the governor? Because of course his end goal is to rule everything. Right. And it's just bad. Um, so I don't know, you guys. My, my whole thing, my whole takeaway from this episode is what the fuck is up with the locust? Why was that even, <laughs> did that just happen one day during the shooting? Oh, they're all they, they're, they're, they spent a lot of money on CGI for something that did not land at all. There yeah. was no metaphor there. Oh, no. See, I mean, I think you would get with the metaphor, you get this, you know, the Lance the, is a plague. The well, yeah. And and although interestingly enough, if you flip it around, you recognize that our heroes are kind of like locusts. They've come into every other community they've come into. And by the time they left, it's in rubble. Too much of a stretch. You had to really think about that one. Well, but we all... I mean, Somebody I really, tried to metaphor to something and... Well, and the name of the episode is Act of God. Acts of God. Act, and there was none. There was none. There was so, literally a natural event that happened. Locusts will swarm. Well, and I think that... No, will dragonflies. Bet you didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun though. The um, the only real impact they had was that it made the confrontation in the woods between Maggie and Leah harder to deal with because they couldn't see each other as well. They're also doing this in the dark, so it's kind of like. And now there's this extra la layer of now with locusts. It's like okay, whatever. It's, well, they were in the dark, but somebody had their car lights on to the left or right of them. Right. Well, so they were they had a nice little highlight on the side. It's not <laughs> it's not the worst scene I've ever seen where they do that. There was a independent <laughs> film at some film festival years ago where it's like our guy is out in the woods, and I'm like, wow, that is the best look lit woods I have ever seen. It's amazing. The moon apparently is about five feet off the ground and didn't on we, the left. Didn't we say that about uh, uh, Color of Space? There was some yeah. Oh, yeah. That's they, amazing. They, I think they shot a lot of day for night on that. On a serious note, you guys, we have nine days to go 26 miles. I put days. in yeah. I put in quite a few steps today. I did too. So we're getting steps. there. At around 10:15 is when I put my steps in because I walk in place during the episode so I can get extra steps. Our goal is 4000 a day. That's what the app says, but we're going to have to go 8 because we're not going to make it. We got to up our game. Folks, we are talking about the Outbreak Challenge. This is the game where you 
you, yes, you, and including and us, actually, as it happens, because we're playing playing a game right now. Basically, uh, take the steps you make during the day and use them to escape the zombies. It's a way to actually have some fun trying to get back in shape or stay in shape or basically improve your health in, in some way. And we're having fun with it. So we encourage yeah. you guys to do that. And I have learned that I have arthritis in my hip, though. So this is actually kind of a painful experience for me, but I'm determined. Well, power through it, Curtis, and then see somebody about the arthritis. But, folks, um, they are a sponsor of this show, and we appreciate their sponsorship. And we hope that you will go to the website and try it for yourself. You can save 15% off a race by using the code Zombie Run, which is a code that you get from us. And then we're giving it to you right now. Zombie Run. You just did it. You just got it. And uh, try it out for yourself. Save 15% off and uh, get get back in shape it's been the pandemic has been some folks did a really fantastic job of staying in shape during the last few years some of us not so much so this is a good way to do it and the game is fun well it is fun and it's a nice distraction from wondering what flavor a gun barrel is because i have to watch this fucking show every week (laughs) i'm kidding I don't, uh, I know well, what flavor a gun barrel is. Well, there you go. See, yeah. <laughs> come on. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> well, we're, we get to take a pause from the walking dead, but not the walking dead universe because right around the corner is fear the walking dead, which has the promise of Madison. No longer a speculation. This is the done deal. This is the yes, thing. Yes, apparently there are even set photos. So we got the little teaser trailer and she was there and everything. And now we know that when she... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the carnage. It's because... going to be fun. I am too. I am too. I'm lo- I'm, I am looking forward to going back to that show because in listening, uh, I've been editing our Fear the Walking Dead episodes of late. And uh, God, it is silly. It is a silly, ridiculous show. And I don't know why I'm mad about it because, <laughs> because it's so dorky. It's it's just like the dumbest thing. Science? No, we don't need that. Let's speculate about all of this. Because I just got done listening to where we went on a rant about how many Geiger counters there are in Texas. And I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. It was so good. Anyway, just everyone everyone forgets that Texas is home for the giant superstore Geiger's R Us. So Geiger Town. Well, folks, if you have opinions about whether or not The Walking Dead is on the right track, if Maggie should have, I don't know, been in any sense had any danger actually near her this episode, because she was never gonna get hurt. But anyway, I mean, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us here on the podcast platform of your choice, wherever you are listening to this show. Hey, leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, if you're in I Titan, dare Kansas, you. I fucking dare you to leave us a comment. If you're in Dighton, Kansas, ask the lady at the quick shop about me and i'll tell you where i live just stop by there you go you can actually go visit curtis in person in far western kansas yeah it's it's a place it's a place you can go it's true all right folks we will find ourselves in the realm of fear of the walking dead on our next episode 
We'll hope that you will join us there. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. As always, folks, thank you for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved. <laughs>